Welcome into week 13 of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. I'm your host, Martin Weiss, joined here, as always, with former Cincinnati Bengal All-Pro wide receiver TJ Hushmanzada. TJ, you had a homecoming this weekend. How did it go? We beat their ass. I say we. It just feels good, you know. I figured I was going to bring them good luck. I, I knew I would. I, I didn't know it would be that much good luck, but... uh. Yeah, it's it's kind of fitting that the Bengals are getting their footing back against the Steelers. But not nah, the the environment, the atmosphere. It was really and it was really crazy, man. You walk in, you expect Cincinnati to be really cold, clear sky, sunny. Wasn't cold at all till about the fourth quarter. It got really cold, but uh, it was a hell of a day for football. That's for sure. I'm sure it was a much better day for football because your team, the Cincinnati Bengals, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 41 to 10 in a complete ass kicking. First of all, TJ, I have to our congratulate team. you. Our team. Our, our team. team. You're right, because yeah. I was on the Bengals earlier this year. I was. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Give me that one. I talked you back onto the ledge. Yes. Uh, former Cincinnati Bengal picker, Martin Weiss. Not kicker, P-I-C-K, <laughs> someone who picks them. But uh, I had to give you credit. Because as 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 viewers and, and listeners of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast know, you are addicted to Nike shirts that are either black or gray. I see you're doing the the Tiger Woods red today just to try to throw off the scent. You knew what was coming. I was waiting for the Instagram post to see the Nike shirt. You were wearing a nice Kith sweatshirt. I'm proud of you. <laughs> reaching to the left side of your closet instead of the right one uh, for this. Uh, for going outside, at least, because I know we do this in the comfort of our own homes. You know what? Moving forward, this will be the last week that I wear Nike. I'm, with, I'm okay. This is now that you said something. Well, I'm just saying the way yeah. that the, the TJ Hoosh was out of that I know, unless yeah. you have an exclusive lifetime deal with Nike. Feels- I wish. I mean, I was with I was a Nike athlete my entire career. They should just send me something at least once a month. I mean, it's not going to cost them much. You think you're, you're a media member? You go out places. You could have been wearing. You could have been wearing a Nike sweatshirt in Cincinnati. To, give it to me. I'm gonna wear it. So yeah, so, this would be my last uh, week with the Nike stuff. I'm just gonna wear. You know, I, the corner store goods. I can't afford that type of stuff. So you know, <laughs> that's why I'm relegated to this. I have some buddies at home that would love to hear you say that. Um, but the part of the reason why we're talking so much about clothing and attire and so much and so forth, because that game was not much to talk about. My biggest they got undressed. Thing, I mean, geez, Louise. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers, I don't think I'm being hyperbolic. I don't think I'm being aggressive. I don't think they'll be favored in another game this year. And I don't think they're going to win another game this year. They'll win. I'll give them two more games. Against who? I don't know. The Steelers are bad. And this is the thing. For the most part, this happens to every franchise. For the Steelers, it hasn't happened in such a long period of time. Their fan base, they're like, wait, what's going on here? Well, welcome to sports. This is what it is. The Patriots went through this in the 90s and lucky them. They haven't been through it since last year. They kind of hit a little rough patch and then bow, we're back. The Steelers, let's be honest, defensively, they're awful. 
offensively, they have to find a new quarterback. You get a rookie, the majority of the time, that, that year is going to be a struggle. So we're looking at Pittsburgh fighting uphill for the next two to three years unless they draft a remarkable rookie. And on paper, this isn't a good quarterback draft. And so we can see this for some years unless Aaron Rodgers or some veteran quarterback comes through free agency or via trade and saves a day for him. You know what, TJ? I swear, I am so sick and tired of people saying, and we'll move on to after this, because, oh, by the way, we both got this one right. We both picked the Bengals to cover the three and a half in a, that was easy. But I'm sick and tired of hearing people tell me that this isn't a quarterback rich draft. They're on paper, this court, this draft is okay. So last year was a quarterback rich draft. You know what? It looks like maybe three out of four guys might not be able to play, right? Like I'm saying, like, sure, they got some arm talent, but Mac Jones right now is the one that, like, you really feel good about starting one of them for your team today. It would be Mac Jones. That's it. I mean, you, you could, you could extrapolate to the future. For some of those Honestly, guys, though, I don't know about that, though. Mac Jones is in the best situation. Great defense. I mean, Mac Jones is in, a, is in the best situation. And I think everybody knew that. Whichever quarterback went to New England, I said this prior to the draft, whichever quarterback is drafted by the New England Patriots will initially be considered the best. It just so happened to be Mac Jones. Okay. I don't the, believe. But look, when we say, when we say the rights, when we talk about they have to get a new quarterback into the situation, like, Part of the situation is the quarterback, and I'm not trying to like put all the pressure and all the all the blame and all of it onto them, right? But like Cam Newton was in the same situation that Mac Jones was, hypothetically speaking, right? You know, or, or, I just say all this to say Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks that I've seen with my two eyes, and he wasn't even thought of as a first round pick that whole summer. They were talking about Andrew Luck and RG three, neither one of whom are in the NFL anymore. I'm just Drew Brees, second round pick. Like there's Tom Brady, sixth round pick. There's just so much evidence I find in the league of later round picks that can play and first round guys who are just average. Like you got Matt Stafford. What is Matt Stafford? Number one pick. What has he ever won anybody? I just said, I'm sorry to go on my diatribe about quarterback, uh, 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 you know, the, the quarterback heavy draft. But, you know, maybe it's because, TJ, I'm thinking back to the last quarterback heavy draft. And in that quarterback heavy draft, I was working at a television network and I was required to cut highlights of four people, Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, and and Sam Sam Darnold. What about Lamar? Lamar Jackson was nowhere nowhere near in consideration. And I'll say this, after when we bring up the game that he played, maybe he shouldn't have been, but over the tally of career, of course. But Lamar, they go into Cleveland. I mean, the Ravens beat the Browns 16 to 10. We both were on the Ravens three and a half. And I'll tell you this, that's the ugliest three and a half point cover I've ever had in my life. Going, if you go to Bengals Steelers, beautiful. Ravens, Browns, disgusting. They win 16 to 10. Lamar Jackson throws four interceptions and the Browns score 10 offensive points. Martin, the Browns have to find a new quarterback. I thought that was, TJ, it was a quarterback heavy draft. They took the, I'm just, I'm just joking. Must, I agree with you. I agree. They must find a new quarterback because when your defense plays the way that the Cleveland Browns defense played, you get four turnovers. They pretty much shut Baltimore down and you score 10 points. You have to find a new quarterback because 
you give these quarterbacks all this credit when things are going well. Last year, Baker's turned the corner. He's going to get this big contract extension. Now that they're playing bad, he has to take the blame because he took the credit last year when they played well. They Let's just be honest. When we talked about the Cleveland Browns last year, a lot of talk was Baker Mayfield is turning the corner. It wasn't. And you know what it was, too? In the second team. half of the season, after Odell got hurt. Remember, he's better without Odell. Now that he's hasn't played with Odell, what are you doing? And, and so the Cleveland Browns will be another team that they have this window. They have a great team. The quarterback position, it looks, is holding them back. But that was ugly for Cleveland to put that on tape. You get four turnovers and score 10 points in the National Football League. Wow. And then not only that, but the idea in the, the talk around the, the talk around the television sets today is should Baker Mayfield be benched? That right there just goes to show you that he's not your franchise quarterback. Because he franchise quarterback. Well, well, hold on. Here's the thing. Here's, well, well is, uh, is, he too, is he not healthy enough to play? Is, is, are Baker's injuries what's holding him back from playing at a high level? And, and, and people are like, well, you know, you can't go and bench Baker Mayfield. He's still fighting for – but, like, if Patrick Mahomes sprained his ankle on Saturday and he couldn't play, nobody's going to say he's benched. Baker Mayfield has a torn labrum, broken shoulder. He can't move. He, he can't really defend himself as a quarterback. And he's going out there week after week after week. I get it. He's a real tough guy. And I'm not saying that in a game like football, you're going to have to play hurt. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you get hurt. What day? As soon as you walk into the facility, essentially, you get hurt. And you're rehabbing the whole time, right? So you're going to have to play hurt. But if you can't play to the level of your ability, TJ, you tell me. If you can't play to the level of your ability as a wide receiver, you got a knee, and now all of a sudden your four four speed is now five zero speed. Maybe this time for the backup to like that's why you have somebody behind you, right? But like Baker's nope. not in that condition. He's only in that condition when he doesn't play well and they lose. You see, you see how that works? I'm not hurt when we're winning. When we're losing, it's oh yeah, you know I'm going through some things, but it's okay. We all go through things at this time of the year. You know, you start throwing out subliminals. Either you can play or you can't. Either you're hurt or you're not. Or you're hurt or you're injured. Listen, if I'm good enough to play, I'm good enough to play. But when I play bad, I need people to know that I'm really not all the way there. It is what it is. These quarterbacks, they get praised. I'm talking about to the highest degree when things go well. They need to get stepped on when things don't go bad because other positions, you bring in competition. You bring in competition for the quarterback, oh, he can't mentally take it. Oh, we don't have a franchise quarterback. We got to go find one. Will any team in the National Football League pay Baker Mayfield $30 million a year? No. So why should the Cleveland Browns? They have to find a quarterback, move on now. They know that's the case. You have a great team. One guy is holding you back, and that's Baker Mayfield. And so they need to move on. And, and I was one that was optimistic about Baker heading to the season. He's shown me, dude, look at the roster. 
Look at the roster they have. Look at that offensive line. Look at the secondary. Look at that defensive line. Look at the run game. I mean, if you just if you just if you just if you just do just draft capital spend, right? If you just look, you got two first round picks on the defensive line. Denzel Ward was a top ten pick. Um, uh, you got uh, you just all these. You know, you have that's three. You top got ten picks you got starting J-O-K, on the, the linebacker line. from Notre Dame. That's a stud that should have been drafted in the first round. You get John Johnson from the Rams, who's a really good safety in the back end. Grant Delpit now is coming around. Um, after missing his rookie year, Greedy they, Williams is coming up. Look uh, at these players. Conklin was a first round pick, uh, top five pick. Like these guys, like hey, they hey, are, they are spending. Gonna, Nick hey, Chubb was a second this. round pick. Yeah. Hey, go look on the Madden video game and look at the rating of their offensive line. Best in the game. I believe it. Best in the game. Go look at their left guard rated high, center rated high, right guard rated high. Like it's unbelievable. He should win with this roster, period. But meanwhile, somebody else who probably should be winning with this roster, Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. Because the Packers, we were both on the Rams. The Packers uh, just, just uh, this score, final score, this game was 36 to 28. And I just want to know how, because this was an ass whooping. This wasn't no their eight point game. Like, there was no chance. Like, eight points is one score in the NFL. It's a touchdown on a two point conversion. This game, from start to finish, was one of these games where the Rams, again, TJ, they came out, got down early, and just was like, oh, well, you know, I guess our game checks will still cash, even though we're not going to play the rest of this game. The Rams can't run the ball and they can't stop the run. The Rams can't stop anything on defense, really. Like, I don't understand how do you go from this dominant defense last year to what they are this year. Like you talk about a step back, how we were just talking about the Browns and Baker, the Rams defense is taking a huge step back. And why is it? Is it because Brandon Staley leaves and goes and be the Chargers head? He's now the Chargers head coach. Raheem Who also can't stop nothing. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not let's not skip that because the Chargers right. can't stop the run to save anything. And so it's like, what is it? What is it with the Rams? They're getting behind, like you said, offensively. They're not they're not sustaining drives. So the defense is on. A, if you the time of possession in that game was crazy in favor of the Packers because the Rams can't sustain drives. I don't know what's going on. They need to be able to run the ball more effectively. Stop getting in so many empty sets with Stafford. The protection isn't there. Run the ball. Run the ball. Use, use, use your play action. But, yeah, I, I didn't think the rounds would lose three in a row. I was wrong because you're right. Eight-point game, it felt like that was a 20-point game. And, 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 and another thing, this is something that, as a gambler, pisses me off entirely. How is it that Aaron Jones is doubtful with a sprained MCL up until an hour and a half before kickoff? That doesn't make any sense to me. There needs to be some, there has to be a level of like, we need a doubtful, questionable, probable going to play. And, 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 and if you're questionable and you go to play, like, there has to be some, like, I understand, like, this may, this may, People who do not understand this initially may not know, but the injury report is created so people can gamble on the game fair. That's why it's that's why it exists. There's no other, there's no competitive advantage. It makes no absolute sense why you, TJ, would tell me who's hurt on your team so I can prepare for the backup. 
What? Why would I do that? It's only for people like me who are trying to gamble on these games. Aaron Jones, like the Packers need to have some type of like, man, they can't just have Aaron Jones after he, they told me he's tore his MCL. He tore his MCL and he's back in a week. What are we doing here? Modern medicine is amazing, but it can't be this. And I and yes, TJ, I'm just upset because well, I lost this Wolverine, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and it, it only it only reason is bothering me right now is because I lost this bet. Because going into this bet, I'm thinking, you know, the Rams can't stop the run, you know, but the Packers, they got some guy named Elgin starting at left tackle. He's the third stringer. Aaron Rodgers has a broken toe. Linemen aren't even playing, and they still beat the run. Like what? But in, in my head, Aaron, yeah, no Aaron Jones. If it was just Corey Dillon, maybe, maybe, just maybe. I said Corey hey. Dillon, AJ Dillon. Yeah, my fault. I had Bengals on the brain. <laughs> That's pretty funny, Corey Dillon. But no, I think the Packers, dude, real quick, are, are they the best team in the NFC? The Packers, they're playing the best football of any team in the National Football League, let alone NFC. They're playing the best football. Can they continue to do this? Like, for somebody's going to take away Devontae Adams. And when they do. I'd love to see it. I'd love to I'm see eager it. eager to see what happens. Does Aaron force the ball? Does, does he go to other people? Do they commit more to the run? But one of these coaches that gets paid a ton of money, they're going to say, okay, we're going to take away his best weapon and see what happens. I just want to see what happens when somebody does that. Uh, these coaches that spend hour upon hour upon hour game planning um, have yet to do it. And so let's see what happens when somebody does. I just want to know how the Rams defensive staff spent hours upon hours upon hours of game planning, because I'm sure that they did, and decided upon that Jalen Ramsey not just shadowing Devontae Adams was the right decision to make. But that's enough about that, because that left an ugly taste in my mouth at the 1 o'clock games. But one game that I mean it was ugly, incredible to watch, incredibly ugly to watch, rather, but oddly had playoff implications. The New York Giants hold on and beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Devonta Smith is not happy with Jalen Hurts, first of all, because that boy was open. TJ, how does it feel to be open like that? on like two of the last four plays of the game, knowing that you were one score away, knowing that this is all you can do. What are you going, what's going through your head right there? I mean, you're obviously first thing go through your head, you pissed off because you know, that wins the game, but it depends on the type of game you've played up until that point as a receiver. Have you been getting open? Have you dropped the ball or two, or have you dropped made a, did you not make a play that should have been made? But if you played a good game, oh, you're pissed off to the highest level of festivity. When you lose and you know you had those opportunities to win the game, you don't say anything about it. Everybody knows. But as a receiver, you're pissed because our success a lot of times is in somebody else's hands. Because, I mean... I don't I've never met Devonta Smith. I don't know him personally, but he's from about half an hour from where I grew up. I've read a million profiles on him. I listened to him on Shannon Sharp's podcast and I read a, a great profile on GQ by Tyler Tynes. If you ever have a second in your interest to check it out. He is not the type of guy to show emotion. He is not the type of guy to be like 
for him to to the way he came off the field, not and and, and to, for me to say the way he came off the field in comparison to like other NFL players, you would think I, I'm making it sound like he's ripped his jersey off and threw his helmet into the stands. It's like no, he's just for him to show any type of dissension, really, especially against a guy like Jalen Hurts, was surprising to me. But it's part of the reason why I was not hearing all of this smoke about the Philadelphia Eagles potentially challenging the uh, Dallas Cowboys for the NFC East. TJ, I was interested in the Washington football team who won last night. And do you think that they have an opportunity or any of these teams? Because they're all about the same record. I just feel like Washington is the best team on paper outside of them to challenge the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East after the Dallas have lost a couple games in a row. And now in the midst of a COVID outbreak, TJ. In 2021, a COVID outbreak. How I don't, silly is that? I don't believe the Washington football team can challenge the Cowboys. You, you, you look at the teams. The Cowboys are better at pretty much every position. Every position on the field, they're better at. And, and normally, the better players and teams win. The Cowboys have hit a rough patch. But they have the better team. They have a better quarterback, better run game. Offensive line may be a push, but that defensive line for the Washington football team was really, really good, upper echelon in the league. Chase Young goes down. The Cowboys should be getting Demarcus Lawrence back really soon. But it's uh, – I just can't see the Cowboys not winning this division. I, I just – I can't. I can't. Taylor Heineke, he played well last night. He he played well in this Monday night game, but they're playing the Seahawks, man. The Seahawks, everybody, if you need to get right, get the Seahawks on a schedule. That they, they the get right medicine. And so, no, my, my, I, I just can't see anybody uh, taking this division outside of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, TJ, I'll tell you this. I picked the Washington football team to win this division earlier in the year, like at the start of the season. I put all my futures on. I put my futures out. I picked, I had Dallas as a wild card team. I don't trust Mike McCarthy. And I'll say this. You got a chance. A week and a half ago, I got Dallas. I got, I got Washington to win the NFC East at 18 to one. I told you guys about the new England Patriots when they were three and four. I told you Just look out for the Washington football team. Before we pick games for week 13, let's take a quick break. And, TJ, the first game of Week 13, the aforementioned Dallas Cowboys are traveling to my hometown team, the New Orleans Saints. This game opened at 7.5, but apparently the uh, the miracle of Taysom Hill is uh, is moving this line all the way down, sanctioning out four-point underdogs. TJ, Dallas is in the middle of a COVID outbreak. Amari Cooper is, is, is eligible to return. However, has lingering symptoms and likely will not play. We will see on Wednesday if he will or not. But as of now, I'd say tracking no. Mike McCarthy will not coach. This is Tristan Hills punched a guy on Thanksgiving Day, and he's going to miss two games. Uh, what is that? The, the, the tackle, steal, he's out as well. This Cowboys team is missing a lot. The Saints team is missing so much that I don't have the time or the energy to list it all. TJ, where are you at with this one? Both teams are missing a ton of players like Amari Cooper. Like, this is going to be your third game missing. Like, I'll be honest, the amount of money he's making, 
you don't get vaccinated, it sucks to say this. You got to go, bro. You got to go. I'm not paying you the amount of money I'm paying, $20 million a year, to miss games because of COVID. But that's not part of the conversation. I just had to get that off my chest. I'm going with the Cowboys. The Cowboys, they can't afford to lose this. Like, Taysom Hill coming back, they act like that's Drew Brees. Like, they, they he throws the ball like Drew Brees, and number 13, Michael Thomas, is coming back with him. That's not going to happen. The Saints will be competitive because defensively, they're tough. They're tough to deal with. That defense is good. And they're playing in the Superdome or the Mercedes. What is it, Superdome still? No, no, no. So it's still the Superdome. It's just now, instead of the Louisiana Superdome, it's now the Mercedes Benz Superdome. Okay. So there we go. So it's still Superdome, though. It's it's not like like you got to make up like the link for Lincoln Financial Field. It's still the Superdome. Hopefully the players are getting uh, good deals on them benches when they go get one. But uh, I digress. Well, at least better deals than you get with your Nike. <laughs> I'm paying for all this. I buy all this. No deals straight out the store. Yeah, the Cowboys have the better team. The Cowboys have more on the line. The Cowboys at one point had a promising season where people thought, wow, could this Cowboy team represent the NFC in the Super Bowl? They have to get back to that. And because of that, I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys because that's what I believe I'm going to see. I believe that sense of urgency is going to be there. Mike McCarthy not being there, is it a big deal? Kellen Moore calls the plays. It might be a good thing. Maybe they won't have any clock management problems. I'm going with the Saints. I know you not would. That's why you, wore, that's why you wore corner goods stores. <laughs> it's not, but I will say this. It's because of, like, I feel like outside of the Buffalo game, even though the Saints have been 0-4 with Trevor Simeon as a starter. And people say 0-4 with Trevor Simeon as a starter. That neglects to mention that Jameis Winston tore his ACL in the first half versus Tampa Bay, right? And Trevor Simeon came in and won that game or kept them in that game. You know, at the end of the day, he played a lot in that game, and they had a higher score than the, the Tampa Bay Bucks did when it was over with. So there you go. So whatever you want to count that, it doesn't count as 0-4 as a starter, but whatever. So – if this team, though, they just had no juice offensively in the last four games. Like, we just talked about the rant. We just talked. To, we just had a whole diatribe about Baker Mayfield. Now he's got to go. Why was part of the reason he had to go? Baltimore had four different turnovers, and they scored 10 points. Well, in that Buffalo game, Josh Allen had two different interceptions in the first half. Nothing came of it. Right. Nothing came of it. The Philly game was a tough one because the running style of Jalen Hurts and like no other team in the NFL is running their quarterback like that, because let's be honest, no other team in the NFL is really starting a running back at quarterback like Philadelphia is right now. But. This Saints defense is legit without Amari Cooper to stretch the field over the top. I learned from guys like you, TJ, if you don't have that guy making the safety get out of there. All the safety's gonna do is creep up into the box. And Amari Cooper better play. You ain't you can't miss three games. You cannot miss three games, and I'm paying you 20 million a year. You better get your ass on that field. He's got lingering COVID symptoms. This ain't your average flu. But uh, anyway, they're gonna bring that safety down in the box. I just read an article today from Dallas that should they bench Ezekiel Elliott? Whew. I'm just saying you could probably read that article anytime around this year, the last two or three years from the Dallas morning news, but I say all that to say the Cowboys got a whole lot of problems going on, but the Cowboys are in the middle of their problems. The saints got problems, but the saints are on the back end of their problems. This is going to be their get right. 
Kamara's coming back. Taysom Hill's getting back. They're going to have just enough plays. People forget this, this New Orleans Saints team. Prior to Jameis Winston, the quarterback was Drew Brees. And I understand that Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he was not playing at a Hall of Fame level in the past three years. Now, he may get you into the right play. He may be able to diagnose everything pre-snap. But the idea that he had the arm strength of a, even a Russell Wilson or that we saw last night in that, in that last 90 seconds of the game, Drew Brees didn't have that. Man, they were looking good with Jameis. Well, they, they probably look at Jameis Winston now like, damn, we took him for granted. <laughs> but I say all that to say, Sounds counterintuitive, but I feel like Sean Payton knows how to diagram an offense as long as he has a couple weapons around him. Because what was the offense? It was was Mike Thomas. It was Alvin Kamara. It was Taysom Hill. He's got two of of those weapons back. And Trevor Simmons. I'm taking the four points. I don't give a damn. Let's move on. (laughs) Corner store good. Sweater color. Close enough to the Saints. Hey, you know what? We went two and two last week, and we agreed on everything. So maybe who knows? We're starting oh, off good. Man. We'll have we'll have some disagreement. Yeah, but I have a strong feeling that we'll agree here as the Baltimore Ravens travel to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers four point underdogs at home. TJ, the biggest question here is the Ravens. I believe are the one seed in the AFC as of right now on Tuesday, November thirtieth. The Steelers are not. How are the Ravens only four-point favorites against the Steelers? This is a Vegas trap because it sure feels like it. It, it. It's tough to play in Pittsburgh, I will say that. But the Bengals just ran for almost 200 yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you think Baltimore believes they're going to do? Yeah, the Steelers are going to try to correct some things. Yeah, they're going to try to fix whatever may have been going wrong. But they didn't have the threat of Lamar Jackson running on them this past Sunday like they will this Sunday. Can you fix it? I say no. You're not running the ball on Baltimore, best run defense in the league. You're not running. Between them and Tampa, you're not running the ball on those two teams, one of the best run defenses in the league. That's what the Steelers want to do now. They can't run it. Baltimore is going to man you up. Their receivers aren't doing anything outside of Deontay Johnson. Four point. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Division game, but it's because the Steelers have been good for so long. Maybe they believe they can turn back the clock this one week. I don't see it. I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens. I'm with you on the Ravens. This Steelers team, I just said it earlier. I don't think it's hyperbolic. I don't think it's exaggerated to say they will not be favored in another game, and I don't think they're going to win another game. Big part of the reason why you just said. Now, to add on to what you just said, the Baltimore Ravens just won a complete shit fest, 16 to 10. As three and a half point favorites. Two things that I realized while watching that game, and things that I always knew, but two things that I really truly realized while watching that game. Justin Tucker. If if Justin Tucker for some reason was unavailable to play for the Baltimore Ravens, I think that has to move the line literally four points. Because every time you cross the 40, TJ, as long as you don't turn it over, you have the opportunity at a very good opportunity for three points. Every single time you cross the 40-yard line, if it's 50 yards or less, you got a shot. As long as Lamar Jackson doesn't turn the ball over. Four turnovers, TJ. 16 points. That, to me, that that, that math does not add up. Because you would think that would be two touchdowns. 
and a, and a, and a safety or a field. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How did how did you how did you throw four touchdowns and add up to 17, 16 points? You probably had a defensive score, maybe uh, a kick return, but not all, not you didn't score all those points offensively. There's no way you didn't have the ball enough. No, the Baltimore Ravens had the ball enough. They have Justin Tucker. Okay, that's why I don't mind taking them on the on these types of plays where they're like three and a half, four point favorites, and Steelers can't stop the run. Baltimore just threw four interceptions. I think they're going to come out and try to establish the run. And the Steelers just got pounded by the Bengals. Yeah. Run game, easy under game. Yes. So we go from there to the aforementioned Bengals who just laid the pounding down on the Steelers, as you said. The Chargers will travel to Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a three-point favorite as the Los Angeles Chargers come to town. Justin Herbert did not play well last week. And he has been, after a great start to the season, I think it's fair to say it's been up and down through the middle part. Herbert has not been playing well. That's just what it is. And you go into this game of two top quarterbacks from the draft class and Burrow and Herbert, the Chargers have a hard time stopping the run. And what do the Bengals look like they want to do? They want to run the ball, and that's what they're going to do. And if you bring a safety down in the box, oh, they have three receivers that can actually beat your corners. Not one, or they have three. And T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase. So the Chargers are in trouble, if you ask me. I don't see how they can win. Like, you have an argument to say the Bengals may quite possibly the best team in AFC right now. Like, can you look back and say, God, how did they lose to the Jets? God, how did they lose to the Bears? They could be nine and two. And so I'm picking the Bengals. I believe they can play consecutively really good games. If they are the team that I think they can be, they'll win this game and start to separate themselves from the rest of the teams in the AFC because you say, who's the best team in the AFC? Everybody will probably say right now, probably New England. After that, it's a mixed bag of Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati. They need this win, and I believe they'll get it. And you know what else I think is going to might prove out to be unarguable down the stretch? Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the AFC North. Yes. Well, he, I, he's not – you can't take him over Lamar right now. Lamar's body of work, MVP. All right, but I'm saying if you if we're talking, I know the body of work, MVP, all that. I'm talking. I should have said Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the AFC North this year, right now. Yes, yes, and he's been playing like it, and it's it's consistently throughout this year. Even when Lamar was playing at a great level, Burrow was also playing at a super high level. And Lamar kind of has had these waffles. He did just throw four interceptions last time out. And Joey B had one had that one game where he's throwing that pick six against Cleveland. But I the boy been balling, dude. Joe Burrow is uh that's why the next you'd have to say eight to ten years, the Bengals should always have a chance. They should and, all keep that old line going. They should always have a chance. And that's and this is just this as Let's go back real quick because just take a look, everybody, fans of this league. Take a look at the Los Angeles Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals and their two quarterbacks 
That's what an initial early franchise quarterback looks like. Not what Baker Mayfield like. No, like that's what it looks like. Like we we talk about Justin Herbert didn't play well. It's like, well, the reason we talk about he hasn't played well the last couple of weeks is because through the first 10 weeks of the year or first, you know, maybe seven weeks of the year, he was sticking the ball in people's face masks. Okay, like he's he's hitting the ball like we saw Mike Evans literally running, had the ball hit him in the hands. It's like he's hitting people in the hands. It's just, you know, it's just one of two of those things are not like the third. And could you imagine like, if you're sitting there, you have Herbert, you have uh, Burrow and you have Baker Mayfield. Like who in their right mind is taking Baker, Baker Mayfield first, except progressive. They're mad. If they have the third choice, you're like, I got Baker. You get one or two. You're like, yes, I'll take either one. You get third choice. You're like, I don't want this. TJ, let's move on to the team that you said that most people think are the best in the AFC. I do. Um, and have been on them for the last couple of weeks. The New England Patriots are traveling to Buffalo. The Bills yeah, Mafia man. are three-point favorites at home, TJ. This is essentially what they're saying. You know, TJ, you get two and a half, three points for home field. They're saying this is an even game. Mac Jones, Josh Allen, Belichick, McDermott. Man, I'm taking the Bills. I'm, I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. The Bills were a trendy pick to get to the Super Bowl at the AFC by, by a lot of people. Preseason, Josh Allen was a preseason MVP for a, a lot of people. They've been up and down. They'll lose some games that you're like, huh? They lost this game? And then they'll win some games where it's like, okay, they're, they're back. This game means a lot to them. New England has owned this division. Buffalo wins it last year. I believe these teams are somewhat evenly matched. New England will have an advantage defensively, but I believe Buffalo understands how to play New England. I believe Sean McDermott and that defense understands what they want to do. And it was evident in last year's game. You can say, oh, Cam Newton was a quarterback. They have an idea of how to beat the New England Patriots. Players just got to go execute. And for the most part, they have the same players on offense that faced this New England defense last year. Without Gilmore being there as a corner, that, that's going to hurt them because Stefan Diggs is a monster. The key is, are they going to be able to affect Mac Jones? That's going to be the biggest key. They don't have to get sacks. Can they pressure him? I believe they will. They're playing at home. I'm taking the Bills. And I, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yes, I know I'm where you're going. Tell you why the New England Patriots are going to go in to New Era Stadium or whatever they play in and be eating Buffalo wings. Because, listen, Josh Allen, in the last four weeks, TJ, seven interceptions. Seven interceptions. If we look at the you may remember, at the beginning of this season, when me and you first started doing 11 Pepper Parlay podcast, I said, I don't believe in Josh Allen quite yet. And you looked at me like I was crazy because you understand you you trained him and you saw the arm and you were there. You saw the talent. And you know what, TJ? You're right. You know a little bit more about football than me. I'm not going to deny that. You being how you made your money and me being how I made my money, I think it's evident. But what I will tell you this, TJ, let me tell you, let me learn you a little bit. This game is one up front. This game is run on the offensive and defensive lines. And Bill Belichick 
and the New England Patriots are going to go into Buffalo and push around that stylized team that's trying to make Josh Allen the MVP. They don't want to run the ball. That's fine. We'll have your seven interception quarterback in the last four weeks. Throw it. J.C. Jackson, he can't wait. He can't wait. He can't wait to see what Buffalo is going to bring at him. And look, you want to talk about a team that knows how to play a team? The Tennessee Titans had no wide receivers. They ran the ball for like damn near 300 yards in the Patriots. You know why? Because the Patriots are like, go ahead, run the ball you want. You're not going to score on us. It doesn't matter. All you can do is keep possessing the ball, give Mac Jones a little bit more time to relax on the bench. You think you're winning the time of possession? No, that game wasn't close. That game was an annihilation. And the Patriots have been dominating teams. And it's just this, this right here, this is going to be one of those situations. I told you. Last week I was wrong about the Bills. But I was not wrong about Josh Allen. They turned the ball over. Saints just have nothing in the offensive tank to get it done. The Patriots have enough. The Patriots are going to win this game. That's good. We're together, too. We're separate, too. I'll be going 4-0. All right. Well, this will will split because absolutely there's no way it'll go 4-0 because the best you can do right now is 2-2 because I'm right on all of these. So perhaps, TJ, you could have a winning week and I can continue to go undefeated as the Broncos are traveling into Arrowhead, the Kansas City Chiefs. TJ, beforehand, you couldn't bet. If you bet on the Chiefs, boy, that's fool's errand. You bet on the Chiefs, boy, you're going broke. You bet on the Chiefs, how are you going to pay the rent? The Chiefs now, after apparently the big get-back get game against Dallas, 10-point 10 10 favorites at home. I'm taking the Broncos. 10 points? That's Man, this is the national football. This is not college football. I don't know. Ten points. The Chiefs, though, they covered two games in a row. They're back. Division opponent, Vic Fangio, is a great defensive mind. The Denver Broncos have been playing actually good football as of late. I'm taking a Denver Broncos. I just don't. Yeah, and I know Andy Reid's record coming off of a bye is fantastic. I know Andy Reid. They do a really good job. I believe he's like 17 and three, if I'm not mistaken, in his last 20 games off of a bye. They may win, but they're not going to cover and they're not going to win by more than 10 points. I'm taking the Denver Broncos. I'm with you, TJ. Wow, we agree. Broncos. Uh, look, first of all, first of all, one of the things that made me so confident as a gambler was betting against the Kansas City Chiefs for the last 25 weeks of my life. So I don't think I can just automatically say I'm just going to jump back on the bandwagon because America says that they're back. Ten points is too many in the NFL football game. You, like you just said already, the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of a lot of people had this team slated the Dallas Cowboys to go to the NFC as an NFC uh, to go to the Super Bowl as the NFC representative. You know what they did? Thumped the they, Denver Broncos went and thumped them. Okay. And it, we weren't talking about how good the Broncos were. We were just like, oh, what's wrong with Dallas? I get that the Broncos lost to the Eagles, but we saw that game. Teddy, that was when the Eagles were starting to get their run game together. And Teddy Bridgewater made a very impactful business decision on a Darius Slate fumble return, which I feel like, yeah, I never played football, but I just can only imagine when you see something like that happen, it's like, dude, are you serious? Like, I, I would not want to go back out there and play no more if I was like, that's, that's, that's really, that's how we're going to rock. Like, I, I get it, bro. You're the quarterback, but you're not Tom Brady. Nah, you got to do, you got to make a play, bro. Okay. So, so, uh, so maybe, maybe there was something there that was messed up. Okay. I, you know, maybe there's something there that's messed up. But, but 
the big thing for me, Vic Vangio just had Justin Herbert in hell. In hell last week. Confused, pick sixes, just 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 not just just face twisted up all red looking. I'm not saying he's gonna do the same thing to Patrick Mahomes, but I'm saying 10 points is way too damn many points. <laughs> okay, that's what I especially the Broncos are decent on offense. They're not good by any stretch, but they have some guys that I would like to have on my offensive team. You know what I'm saying? It's like it, it, Drew Locke is not one of them. So hopefully Teddy Bridgewater can stay upright this entire game. First, what an indictment on Drew Locke. How do you get hurt? How does the starter get hurt? And then you come in, they say, no, nah, starter can go. No, no, <laughs> bring the starter back. Bring the starter back out. Jeez, Luis. Don't trust him. But I'm with you, TJ. I'm taking the Broncos as well. So congratulations. You're guaranteed to go at least three and two this week. Maybe your lemon pepper parlay will, uh, will, will keep you in the plus money. What you got? I'm staying in the AFC North, both games. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals against the Los Angeles, not superchargers, but chargers. Bengals should win that game, cover the three easily. And then the Baltimore, for the life, I don't know what I'm missing with this one. The Baltimore Ravens going into uh, Pittsburgh. I, I don't know what I'm missing. Unless the Ravens uh, turn the ball over six times, they can turn it over two. They're still going to win by four points, I believe. So I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, Lemon Pepper, Parlay, Lock of the Week. I like it. I like it a lot. I am going to be fading the worst teams in the league this week. That's my Lemon Pepper Parlay. You ready for this, TJ? I'm going with. The Minnesota Vikings on the money line. They play the Detroit Lions. I'm also taking the Eagles on the money line who play the New York Jets. And adding on to that, the Miami Dolphins on the money line versus the New York Giants for a nice little money line parlay. I think those might be the three worst teams in football that I just named who are playing on the other side of that. So, yeah, I think the Dolphins Dolphins should handily – Beat the Giants. The Giants couldn't, they can't score points. They should handily beat them. That's my lemon pepper parlay lock of the week. Let's eat. TJ, it's been fun. We can't, we had a 500 week last night. I had a 500 week last Sorry, night. Sorry, I mean, we're, we're, listen, we giving this to them for free, Martin. I guarantee one of us is at least in the 60 percentile of winning our games. I guarantee over the course of the season. Guarantee. And you know what? Actually, had a couple concerned tweets. People were asking, where was the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast? And the early early looks at the lines. See, TJ, because we're getting at this on Tuesday. Everybody else is doing this Wednesday, Thursday. The line done move, baby. The line is flying. I mean, think about it. If you wanted the Saints at seven, you can't get it anymore. Now it's at four. You can't go back in time. But what you can't do, you can't listen to the Lemon Parlay podcast. Hey, if they knew better, they do better. You tell them, TJ.